what organizations are realizing is they have to move beyond the compliance checkbox and actually reduce the risk associated with these third parties. Welcome to the Innovation and in Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Brad Hibbert. And Brad is with Prevalent, and they've got an exciting new offering that, frankly, I want to learn about. So you're going to get to learn about. And I find it incredibly innovative, and I think innovative in a lot of different areas. So, Brad, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the call today. As you mentioned, we have a pretty exciting release to talk about, and certainly appreciate the, the time you have, you have on the call today. Well, Brad, I think our audience recognizes that you are not a Texan and that you are not with me in Texas. No. So, <laughs> could you tell us? where you are right now, and then tell us a little bit about your professional background. Yeah, sure. So I'm up here in Canada, Ottawa, Canada, been here my, my whole life. And of course, being in the, the technical field, I do a lot of traveling throughout North America, but Ottawa is my home. I, I went to school up here in university and started out more on the computer science side of things as a developer. And then coinciding with my career, kind of moving more on the business side of things and getting my MBA, I transitioned more into the software vendor side side of the house back in, in 2000. So I think I've got about 25 years focusing a lot more on security and, and, and compliance areas, things like vulnerability management, identity access management, privilege access management, and so forth. And primarily, I focus on internal solutions. And then about 2019, I recognized that there was a challenge organizations were having around getting visibility of the risks associated with the third parties. So those things outside the typical corporate responsibility. And so I transitioned over here to Prevalent, and I'm currently the COO and Chief Strategy Officer here for Prevalent. And could you tell us what that role means inside of Prevalent? Yeah, sure. So my role is really driving the overall strategy and trying to understand, as organizations continue to rely more and more on third parties, they focus on their core competencies. When they create those relationships with third parties, they're taking on the associated risks. That could be compliance risk, security risks, resilience risks, of course, with, with COVID, that's certainly come up more and more. And the challenge is that many organizations that just don't have their departments that are interacting with these third parties don't implement good programs to manage and mitigate those risks. And so here at Prevalent, my job is to work with our development team, to work with our sales team and our customer success team to make sure that we're delivering products to really solve that challenge for our clients as, as they navigate through this, this dynamic world that we're living in today. You know, Brad, I have to tell you, that was about the best 60-second discussion of compliance I have ever heard. And you didn't use the word compliance one time. <laughs> and so kudos, because there's a lot of things I'm going to follow up on as we move through this podcast. But before we get to some of the specifics, could you tell us a little bit more about Prevalent, some of the ways that you do help companies, particularly in the area of third parties? And it's not simply third parties on the sales side. It's not simply third parties on the supply chain. It's not vendors. And one of the things I've always really looked to Prevalent to lead the discussion is, hey, guys, it's third parties, and you have risks there, and how do you manage those that's risks? Right. So how do you help companies manage third-party risks? Yeah, that's great that you recognize that. I think a lot of organizations, when they think about third parties from a compliance perspective, they'll, they'll think about the markets, third-party risk management. When you think about supply side, they talk about supplier risk management. They have a whole set of problem domains that they're trying to solve for. And then vendor risk management, they think about security controls. I think all of these different sub-markets are starting to converge across this broader third-party marketscape, because it doesn't matter if you're an IT vendor or 
a different type of supplier, you're bringing on different types of risks that organizations need to address. And so at Prevalent, we have a SaaS platform that helps organizations identify those risks, report against those risks, and then provide remediation capabilities to reduce those risks at every stage of that vendor lifecycle, which is quite unique. And, and I think the approach that we take, it's no longer just about doing reactive reporting on an annual basis, but how do you proactively identify and reduce that risks on those day-to-day conversations that you're having with those third parties throughout that contract execution. So that's kind of what we do. Again, it's a, it's a SaaS platform. We do it by enabling different team members to in- interact with those third parties to collaborate and reduce the risks at every stage of that vendor lifecycle, right from sourcing, right, and the types of risks you want to mitigate, you know, pre-contract, right to selection, right to contract and then ongoing diligence until ultimately potentially offboarding those relationships in the future. So pretty unique and comprehensive solution that we offer today. Right. I've been in this space for 15 years now. And one of my observations was that when I started out in this space, you talked about third parties, you talked about third party risk management, and that was just viewed as, you know, that's nice to have. That's kind of a nice addition to have. And we've had a big evolution to, I think it's a must to have. And I say it's a must to have, not simply because the regulators say it's a must to have, but more importantly, if I want to do business with a company, I have to manage my third party so the people I do business with can be assured that someone is not going to nefarious actor or other perhaps illegal and ethical conduct might not sleep in. So I really wanted to get your opinion. Are you able to have conversations with your clients that, you know, this is really now a must to have and you have to have this type of management and it has to be automated because the numbers and amount of data is so large as well? Yeah, exactly right. I think historically, a lot of organizations kicked these programs off from a compliance requirement. And even then, it was looked at a lot of the time more of a checkbox for compliance. And I think what organizations are realizing is they have to move beyond the compliance checkbox and actually reduce the risk associated with these third parties. There's a few drivers behind that. One is, of course, compliance continues to kind of beat the drum for the market. But the two other things, that the trend that we seem really kind of drive these programs into the, the must-have category, COVID certainly shone a light on the weaknesses that organizations had with their supply chains getting product to market, outages, and those sorts of things. And additionally, as businesses started to change their business models with COVID, work from home, move to online and so on, and they had to rapidly onboard additional third parties, they recognized they didn't have the capability to do that at the pace the business needed. So business resilience side of the house that, that really kind of drove a lot of that visibility. The other thing that we're seeing really last year, I think, was the number of cyber attacks targeting the third party supply chain where the nefarious actors, as you say, in nation states and in well-funded cyber criminals are targeting the third parties to get leverage out of their activities. So just in the last 12 months, you think about the, in the media, right? These high profile attacks, Kaseya, CodeCo, SolarWinds, that's really driving awareness as well and, and really shining light on that the organizations just don't have visibility on these types of risks beyond their corporate perimeter. So I think those second two are really starting to drive that must-have category, and we're certainly see that increased investment in the space. Right before we move to the specifics of contract essentials, I have to raise with you the uh, free resources that Prevalent makes available on its website. And first of all, I have to compliment you on that because it is a wealth of materials that you make available. But I was wondering for our listeners who have not had the opportunity to visit your website, if you could describe generally what's available and why you make so much literally available to the compliance community. You know, one of the things that we try to do a lot is around education. We run across a lot of companies who understand that third party is a major challenge that they're facing, third party risk. 
but they really don't know where to start. They start with security risk, compliance risk, all this ESG and social responsibilities. So where do they start? And so what we've done on the website, if you go to www.prevalent.net, we do have blogs, white papers, customers' case studies, so you can kind of see how other people have embraced programs to help them reduce this risk along that life cycle. If you don't know where to start, or if you have a program that's struggling, we have a maturity assessment that we offer as well that provides you know, vendor agnostic recommendations for, for potentially how you could move forward and kind of gain support of your internal stakeholders. And then we also provide free technology tools. So we have a free risk report, which will show you as a company how third parties or how potential business partners see you by correlating and, and collating of publicly available information. So we have everything from education to you know, kind of self-assessments to tools that are available on the website, really to help people get educated on the space and kind of get their programs up and running. Brad, I'd now like to turn to the new offering, Contract Essentials. And I have to start with the following. When I went in-house in 2004, a major U.S. energy company, multinational, 60,000 employees, $20 million, and I was brought on to do contracts. And the head of the contracts department turned me over to his administrative assistant, took me down to the contract room and said, there's about a 50-50 chance we can find any contract that you might need. Good luck. And so that colored my thinking literally right. <laughs> to my entire corporate history and afterwards about the essential nature of contract management. And that, of course, has expanded as the regulators in the form of the Department of Justice in the United States have talked about contracts as internal control. So when I first got the information about this new program, I have to tell you, I was quite excited because I still remember contract management difficulties. But more importantly, I see huge compliance components to that. So once again, with an incredibly long-winded way to introduce, could you tell us what the Contracts Essentials SaaS solution is? Sure. Yeah. And it's funny, your observation, we've seen very similar things. We go into a lot of smaller organizations, legal shops, and so on, up to, to multinationals. And the same issue, right? We want to kick off a vendor risk program. And typically, when you kick off a vendor risk management program, you want to start off by profiling and tiering your current contracts to understand where the risk lies so you can prioritize your efforts. And when we ask the question, okay, well, who are your third parties? You get a lot of people looking at each other in the room. So it's a challenge. Smaller companies, you still come into a lot of organizations where they're still using you know, a lot of email, a lot of file folders. Even in the larger organizations where you have business owners circumventing sort of the centralized procurement, a lot of the times that a necessity, right? With COVID, they had to rapidly kind of get things up and running very quickly. So they didn't want to hit any friction on their kind of bringing on those new third parties. So a lot of organizations have a hard time identifying those third parties and finding the actual signed contracts. And, and you can just sense the frustration and voices around the room as they scour their internal networks trying to pull this information together. And so because we have a SaaS platform that has a very strong workflow and collaboration capabilities that focus on vendor risk, we thought, well, before you get to that stage of the vendor relationship, there's always the contracting component. Can we extend our capability to embrace that as well and provide a solution for, for, for that up front? A very frictionless way that to encourage business owners to participate with this broader program. And, and with that, we came up with the idea of contract essentials, which that was just recently released. So could you tell us how it really simplifies the management of contracts? Because as we both agree, that's always on the mind of not only the compliance professional, but also the in-house legal practitioner. Yeah. So again, ease of use was pretty critical to us, secure ease of use centralization. So what we've done is we provided a SaaS offering that allows you to onboard or like an onboarding portal that you can add existing contracts. You can kick off you know, new contract processes with a central platform. 
You can also upload the contract itself, any related documentation around the contract to a secured file store where you can add security. That allows you to kind of collaborate internally or with third parties or partners outside of the corporate network, right? So you have that central location to do that in a controlled way. And then as you upload that information, you capture artifacts and, and attributes about the contracts. Then you can kick off and automate the processes around that. That could be reveal processes, you know, discussion, tracking, everything right up to sign off. And then kind of once the contracts are signed off, of course, we have in that central location to kick off and right size the ongoing diligence and, and obligation tracking. And then also do things like kick off reminders when certain reviews or renewals are, are coming up for renewals or contracts are coming up for renewal. So all of the typical manual processes that you go with today with that spamming of email and, and storming of email content everywhere to everybody, I've kind of centralized that and, and do that in a more controlled and efficient way. So what I'm hearing is really a unification of your overall third-party risk management strategies. Would that be a fair assessment? That's right. Our, our whole premise is that this market needs to mature and converge. And we need to encourage collaboration and enable collaboration across the different stakeholders, interacting with those third parties at every stage of that vendor lifecycle, pre-contract to contract to post-contract obligation tracking determination. And so we certainly have a capability to do that, but it's not an all or nothing, right? So we're very flexible in the way that organizations can absorb the technology. So if you just want to do contract and contract essentials, then you only have to take that on and use that to solve a particular need that you have. So really, depending on where a company is with respect to their third-party maturity, we have the technology to kind of fit their specific needs. When we started off and you gave kind of what I said was your elevator pitch or laughingly called it that, and I said I heard compliance throughout that. I'd like to expand on that a little bit further because I see contracting and the contract management process is actually an internal control for compliance. And I wanted to ask if you agree with that, how do you see contract essentials as really a compliance tool but more importantly, a compliance asset that we can all, or any company that takes advantage of it, can use going forward. I think that the contract itself captures a lot of information that needs to be looked at and examined by other stakeholders, other departments in the organization. So, for example, if there's certain thresholds from an ESG perspective, for example, or social governance perspective, from a compliance perspective, or from a IT controls perspective, how they have to lock down in an environment, for example. So, all of those should be described in the contract itself, and then the contracting party has to be held accountable. And so having a way to capture that and then you know feed that into an ongoing diligence and right-sizing that diligence process is something that's critical. Too many times today, we see a lot of organizations that sign contracts and they take that contract and put it into a, you know, a file folder somewhere and they never look at it again. But unfortunately, they've lost the visibility. They've lost the understanding of the risk associated with the contract. So that's one of the things, right? So you want to make sure that during that interaction with that vendor throughout that contract, you're holding them to account with respect to the obligations within the contract. And then furthermore, I think there's a missed opportunity that during the execution of the contract, when you're looking at things like performance or, or shipments or delivery times and so on, or even violations in any way, that you can use that information to feed back to the procurement team to A, tighten the contract and potentially negotiate better terms. So I think there's a couple of different benefits from a contract and compliance perspective that need to be looked at when you start to enable this broader, more integrated approach. You just ended by talking about how you can use the information in the contract to start to form the basis of a data analysis. And let me see if I can maybe pick up on that and see if I got it right. Because you talked about you have a wide variety of contracts with either a vendor or you have sales contracts and you don't have a kind of a unified system. You may not know that you've given discounts, different discounts to the same customer in different geographic locations, or that you have a vendor or similar vendors in different geographic locations 
charging you disparate prices? And how can you use that information to begin more of a data analytics, both for even if it's in the vendor management or procurement section, or even in operations? How does this platform assist in that process as well? Yeah, so you know, we call them requirements in our solution. So those requirements could be things around compliance, could be you know, compliance reviews and artifact review. It could be performance reviews. It could be a user access review. So it's very flexible from a solutions perspective. But really what it's about is understanding what those requirements are and making sure you're enforcing those across that broader relationship. Underlying all of that is once you have that information centralized and you're capturing those attributes, as you rightfully say, then you can report against those, right? You can start to understand when contracts are coming up for renewal, how the different contracts, how the different vendors relate to one another from a relationship map perspective, what the impact that particular third parties could have on your business from a compliance or from a performance perspective and so forth. So having the data is one thing and then being able to report against that and make better decisions on the third parties themselves is something that just it's derived out of having that data centralized in a, in a reportable way. Earlier on, you talked about risk management process, third party risk management during and after, or at least hopefully we're after the pandemic, perhaps that's a little too hopeful, but at least during the pandemic, and how that has really shown a light on the need to have really robust third-party risk management in the contracting area. I'd like to see if I could ask you to maybe expand upon that. I think people understand about vendors, but perhaps you could explain why it's become more important in the conversations you're now having with clients as we move into whatever phase of the pandemic we're in about why that not simply vendor risk management, but third-party risk management is so critical at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, again, in addition to compliance and strategic procurement and demonstrating the value alongside the reality of things like cyber attacks, it continues to be a problem. So if you take the whole thing around cyber attacks and IT risks, you know, that certainly continues to be there and, and so forth. But just from a procurement perspective, organizations are moving more towards strategic procurement, right? And trying to unlock value within their businesses through the contracts. That's one driver. Another driver is that procurement is starting to ask more questions up front about things around. Again, you hear ESG all the time. What does that really mean to a contract, right? Environmental and social governance. So there's other drivers that procurement have to support their strategic initiatives that require this sort of ongoing diligence around vendors and vendor performance. Lastly, I think the reality of it is, is that organizations are seeing their supply chains getting hit. I mean, I'm not sure if you're down in Texas, but if you're one of the northern states, you would see all of the blocks right now that we have in the bridges from the U.S. and Canada, where the truckers are out there blocking the bridges. And that's having a significant impact on the auto industry, where they can't get the goods, raw materials to build their automobiles. And since they moved to just-in-time, you know, inventory, you know, to kind of streamline the supply chains, now they're starting to see that that's potentially having an impact here when, when they can't get things across that bridge. So I think just starting to see the reality of, of some of the weaknesses and, or some of the decisions that they made around the supply chain being impacted. And they have to make sure that they have the appropriate measures in place and the relationships in place that they can get around these challenges, right? And a strategic way to get around these challenges. So again, much like I see with their data breaches, I think you're just seeing an impact from some of the decisions that were made around COVID starting to impact businesses and, and they're taking notice and they have to make proactive measures to make sure that they react to that with a more bulletproof or, or foundation around the strategic procurement. Let me ask you to look at that veiled land of the future. And where do you see the continued evolution of third-party risk management into 2025 and beyond? For where we sit, I think that we predict that there's going to continue to be a convergence of, of third-party risk management and the broader third-party activities into a third-party lifecycle management function, where you have a sort of flexible modules that can be chosen depending on where a client is within their uh, maturity of those particular programs. And so 
we're going to continue to focus on building solutions that are easy to use, that enable data sharing between the different groups that promote efficiency, collaboration, and then risk reduction. Again, moving beyond compliance to actually reducing risk at every phase of that relationship. We also think that organizations can't just rely on things like assessments, but having continuous insights play a significant role at all levels of that life cycle. So we think customers' evolving needs really mandate the need to have risk visibility and response reflecting any emerging or recent incidents. So having you know, monitoring to monitor the financial risk, the business risk, the cyber risk on an ongoing basis to feed those programs so that they're continuously updating those risk profiles and taking appropriate measures proactively is something that uh, that's going to continue as well. So let me just add that as a lawyer, my understanding that a contract gave you your legal rights and your legal obligations. But throughout this conversation, it strikes me that you and your prevalent colleagues see the contract as simply, maybe not simply a starting point, but it's certainly much more. And that in addition to the risk management strategy, tactics and techniques you've talked about, you also hinted about other uses of contract management, such as ESG. And as companies move down the road, as they could see using the contract risk management strategies you've outlined for other corporate reasons as well, would that also be something that we could look forward to in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a a number of different capabilities within the solution to address different types of risks, depending on the team. So procurement would be ESG certainly falls into that, modern slavery, diversity, so forth, performance, security, of course, with, with IT controls, compliance around privacy. And so we have all of those different capabilities. And typically what we recommend to organizations is when they try to roll these programs out is don't try to do all and be all to everybody day one. So a lot of organizations will start with, you know, maybe with IT security controls risk. And then as they kind of grow that program and kind of get that program automated over time, they start to grow the program by adding more vendors, suppliers, and then they start to layer in additional risk coverage to take into account the needs of the other departments. So it's really a land and expand from a vendor perspective that we look at. But, but I think that's the best way that organizations can kind of take on this challenge is, you know, kind of crawl before you walk and walk before you run and run before you sprint, right? So uh, that's the approach that we take. The platform is certainly there to handle all those different aspects, but it's just making sure a customer has the resources, the wherewithal, and, and the time to kind of get these programs up and running quickly is, continues to be a challenge. Brad, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but before we leave, I wanted to ask you if anyone wanted more information on yourself or on Prevalent or on Contracts Essential Solution, where could they go? Yes, for myself, it's Brad Hibbert. I'm in LinkedIn with Prevalent. To get more information, the free tools and more educational material, we're at www.prevalent.net. And all that information is freely available. If there's anything missing, you know, feel free to reach out. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out through the contact us and we'll certainly get back to you. Brad, thanks very much. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. Great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.